All right, let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and to be in your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the joy of our salvation. For in your presence there is fullness of joy. Speak to our hearts today. I pray and ask, Father God, that you would let the anointing of revelation and truth rest so heavily upon this house that we would each receive something from heaven today. Speak to our hearts. Let our ears be open to hear. Let our eyes be open to see. Let our hearts be receptive today so that we would walk out of here different than the way we came in today. I thank you for the processes and plans that take years, but I also thank you, Father God, that you can do a quick work and that we are moving into a season of quickly. And so today I ask you to do something that normally would take years. Do it today. Do it today in their mind, in their bodies, in their marriages, in their finances. Do it today, Father God. And we give you, Lord Jesus, all the praise and all the glory. And everyone shouted, Everyone shouted it better. Psalms 25, verse 4 through 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. This is a series we've been doing over the past six, seven, eight weeks. I don't know right now, but talking about getting into the alignment with God's assignment. God has an assignment for each and every one of us. Assignments are not regulated or are held just for those who are in full-time ministry. Assignments are for each and every one of us who are children of God. Can I get an Amen. And with the assignment, it's just not a one-time destiny. And we talked about this uh, last week. It is also the daily destiny, the daily opportunities, the divine daily moments that God creates for us. Because it's just not, okay, if I hit the target, well, there's, there's a journey in that target. God cares not only about you reaching your destiny and finishing your race, and that is important. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I've completed my course. And now there awaits for me in heaven a reward. Most people only think about here on earth. No, there's something we're living for that is impacting our eternity. Jesus said many times, he said, listen, just don't store up treasures on the earth, but store up treasures that will be in eternity. Say eternity. We call that heaven. Amen. And if you're saved, we're going to heaven one day. Amen. And with that, it's just not getting into heaven. There is a reward system. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus talked about parables of when the master shows up and rewarding people for what they had done on this side of eternity. Most Christians don't realize that. They only think about what, they, what they're going to get on this side of eternity, but also just getting to heaven. Woo, I can't wait to get to heaven. Praise God. But there is, and we did this series over the summer talking about end times, because I really believe we are in the end of the end, the last of the last, not hours, not even minutes. We're, we're in the last seconds of eternity's time clock. Only the Father knows, Matthew 24. But in Matthew 24, it says you should be able to wear, look around and see what's going on. God is doing something, not just based on the, the evil in the earth and the darkness in the world and the attacks against Israel, but also what God is doing in these last days. And I believe as we get closer and closer, we're going to see greater and greater things, the hand of God. Do you hear me today? Uh, let me say that again. As we get closer and closer, you'll, you'll know that we're in the last of the last days, not just because of a antichrist individual or the plot of the enemy or a 2030 plan or a seven-year treaty, but because of the hand of God moving in such a way that it'll be so remarkable. Because I'm, you can disagree with this. This will be my opinion if you want. But I believe that, that God, with the Lord, things get better and not worse. 
and that what he started, it gets better at the end. He doesn't start on the high and end on a low note. He starts on a high and end on a higher note. Proverbs 4 says the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until the completed day. That tells me that things should get better. Things should get brighter. We go from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. Are you listening to me today? And so that we have to have our mindset. Too many times all we do is we look for eternity and the last days based on the negativity of the world. And if you feed yourself negativity and darkness and darkness, that darkness will begin to affect your mentality affect your emotions, affect your health. You're like, why do I feel so depressed? Sometimes our depression is self-inflicted based on what we are feeding ourselves. But when we wake up and say, listen, I don't have to look to the evil to find the time of God. I can look to the light to find the time of God. And I'm telling you, as we get closer, it's going to get brighter. It might get darker in the world, but you are a light to shine. Are you listening? You are a city on the hill, Jesus said. You are a candle that's not to be hid. You may have been hidden by others. You may be overlooked by others. You may have been pushed to the side. People might be trying to blow your light out. But I'm here to tell you, if they didn't light it, they can't blow it out. Don't try to hide it. Shine, be the light that Jesus called you to be. Am I talking to somebody today? We are not at a time where you can wait. I'll get five-year plan and I'll get it together, Pastor. We might not have a five-year plan time to get it. What if you only have a few days or a few weeks or a few months? We have to be in season and out of season, the Bible says. We have to be ready for the demand of the Creator. Just like Jesus came to to that fig tree looking for something to eat. He was ready to make a demand because he understood the covenant he had, even on the context of the old covenant that Jesus came to fulfill and operate in. He knew that if he obeyed the will of the Father, that whatever he needed, it would be provided. Deuteronomy 28. It was not a, a covenant of lack. It was a covenant of supply. And so when the, when the creator came, because if there is a leaf, that means it was already produced figs. Because when the leaves showed up, that means figs had already been produced. So when he came to receive what belonged to him, because he was the creator, and when the creator showed up, and said, I'm making a demand on what you have been designed to do. And then all of a sudden, the fig tree was not able to produce what it was designed to do. Listen to me carefully. I'm just not talking about trees. I'm not just talking about plants. I'm just not talking about fruit. But the creator showed up at the time appointed, and he said, I am looking to draw. I am making a demand from what has been designed in your DNA to do. You have a DNA to produce figs. You are now have, you have the leaves, and when the leaves show up in the process, you have a DNA. What is the DNA on the inside of that fig tree? It is figs. What is the purpose of that? To feed. And when the creator came because he was hungry and the fig tree could not produce what it was making a demand, what did Jesus do? He said to the fig tree, no one will ever eat from you. He canceled the assignment of the fig tree. Why? What was he doing? He's saying, I created you with the DNA. And when the time when I was making a demand, you could not produce it, even though you look like you could produce, even though you talked a good talk, even though your social looked like you had it all together, even though you had your brand, am I talking to somebody? Even though you were telling everybody you had it together. But when the substance, when the rubber hit the road, when the demand by the creator said, now I want you to go and do, and the person... Now we're moving to people. Begin to say, God, I can't do any of this. I, I, I'm a failure. And all of a sudden, what are they doing? They're looking to their weakness. And God's saying, I am making a demand. I believe as we move into the last days, the thing that God had birthed on the inside of you, some of you is when you were young. Some of, some of you, it's when you were first got saved. But you know there was a fire on the inside of you. You couldn't, when you received it, understand it all. But you knew you had a burning desire. You had a burning desire to help people. You had a burning desire to pray for people. You had a burning desire to 
to do this ministry or that area. It might not be full-time ministry, but you had a desire from God. And all of a sudden, in the process of life, life had a way of taking the desire away from you. Why is that? Because the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll place his desires on the inside of you. Some people read it that that means if I have a desire, God will give it. But the next verse clarifies. He says, commit your works to him. Trust also in him and he will bring it. What is it? The desire. God is when you get closer to God, he's the one that brings the desires for good inside of you. And when you get around the life of the world and sin, it has the ability to take out the desire of God from you. And so some of us, not all of us, but it doesn't mean you're a bad person. In the rhythm of life, we can get caught up in life and wake up one day and know the desire that we used to have is no longer there. But I'm here to tell you that the creator's walking up today. The creator of heaven and earth. John 1, 1. All things were created by him and for him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And the creator is beginning to make an invitation. He's making a demand. What is he doing? He said, I'm calling up that DNA. I'm calling up because the Bible tells us that you cannot live in sin because the seed, the DNA of God Almighty is on the inside of you. It's in the inside what we know of your spirit person. That's what people say, I'm born again. Jesus is in my heart. What does that mean? That means that the DNA, the nature of God is on the inside of you. And you might not have experienced it recently, but I'm telling you, we are moving in the season that God, by the Spirit of God, is breathing on the coals that are once were fire within the heart of men and women all over the world. Watch it. Watch it. Just don't look at the evil. Begin to look at the good. Watch what God is doing in the church world and you'll, be, you'll begin to see the Spirit of God. Sure, many of us can write a whole list of complaints and negativity. Oh, I watch all these churches on Christian TV and they're all jacked up and many of them might be. Many of them have been. But I'm here to tell you, watch how the Spirit of God is moving because He is awakening. He is awakening. He is awakening. I'm telling you, some of you are beginning to have a passion again for prayer. Some of you are going to begin to have a passion for ministry. Why? Because He is awakening what is on the inside of you. That He is birthed by the DNA of Jesus. Are you listening to me? You have inside of you. Say, I have on the inside of me. The nature of God. If you believe that, give him a praise. This is not mind over matter. This is not willing it. You're going to begin to see a drawing, a wooing back into prayer like you've never prayed before. Back into the Word like you've never been in the Word before. You're going to begin to see opportunities and beware of opportunities to witness and to evangelize or to pray with people, encourage people. You're like, why is that happening? It's the Spirit of God wooing. He's breathing upon you. He's stirring the waters. Are you listening to me? He's bringing you back. Why? Because um, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. Just like Matthew 25. I'm sounding the alarm. The master is coming. The master is coming. He's coming. Get the oil ready. Get your, get your life ready. It's not time to do the routine of history and the decades before. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming soon. We have to look around and say, Lord, I'm available. I'm open. God, use me. And let this Holy Spirit bring back into your attention. Bring back into your focus. Bring back into your routine. Because, again, life has a way of removing those things that are godly within us. You're like, I'm not doing bad things. Only in the church world do we define spirituality by the lack of negativity. I haven't killed anybody. Well, praise God. 
aren't we glad that you haven't killed anybody? Well, I'm not so bad. I, you know, I'm not a, like the people that are I, I'm messed up on drugs. Well, praise God. We're glad you're not messed up on drugs. But you don't see scriptures. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying sin is okay. But sometimes we define spirituality by our lack of, I haven't, well, I haven't committed adultery ever with my, against my spouse. Well, praise God. And if you have, repent. But what have you done for the kingdom of God? Because my Bible tells me that when the master came back to the three servants that he had given talents, and talents represent money, and he gave to one, one, and to the other two, and the other five, and he went to the first one and said, what have you done with what I've given you? And he said, I've taken the five that you have planted in my hands of responsibility. What we have to realize is we want God to do everything, and God says, I'm putting some things in your hand as a responsibility. Don't take it lighthearted. Don't be flippant with it. Get serious with it. And he said, I've taken the five you gave me, and I've put it to work, and it's now ten. The increase has come. And the master said, well done, that good and faithful servant. You have now gotten ten. I'm going to make you ruler over ten cities. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he went to the one with two and said, what have you done? I've taken the two that you've given me. He didn't complain that why didn't you give me five? He said, this is what you've given me. This is what I've done with it. And because I've obeyed the law of being faithful, because I've obeyed the law of putting it to work, because I've obeyed the law of faith, because faith without works is dead, I have all of a sudden the two has become for in the process. And the master said to that servant, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful with the, uh, with the four now, the two becoming four, I'll make your rulers over four cities enter into the joy of the Lord. And to the last he came and said, what have you done with the one I gave you? And he said, I know you're a hard servant, hard master, and that you want where you don't even sow. You want increase. And I know you wanted results. And so I was afraid to I was afraid to lose what you gave me. So I took what you gave me and I hid it. And I, here it is, what you gave me. And the master said, just by your own words, let me judge you. You knew that I wanted to increase. You knew I wanted you to do something about it. You knew that things should be different from the beginning to the end. God's not saying, I want you to get saved and just hang on to your salvation. I'm not saying live like the world either. Are you listening to me today? But I'm saying that when you start the journey of salvation, it's the first day. It's being born again. It's a new birth. And if you show up in heaven and say, God said, what have you done? Well, I've been saved for 30 years and I'm a still I'm a really good baby Christian. I haven't taken a step back, but have you taken a step forward? Hallelujah. Only in the church world will we define success based on the lack of failure. I decided I didn't want to take any chances. I didn't want to lose, so I just kept what, I, what you gave me. I held on to it, and I've held on to it well, God. God said, what, where's the increase? I want something. I want a difference to be made. I want a difference to be made. Are you listening to me? God wants an increase in your life. He wants you to grow. In the kingdom, it is a kingdom of increase. This is not just finances, and praise God for that, but this is in your nature, your walk with God. This is in your ministry. This is in your impact. This is in your experience with him. This is in your, your intimacy with God. As you know, if you're like, you've done nothing and you've just held on and now you're celebrating that you didn't lose what God gave you, maybe you need to rethink the process in the name of Jesus. But Because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is wooing us back and to begin to say, I want you to do what I want you to do. I'm going to begin to lead you. I'm going to begin to guide you again. Some of us, we knew what it was like before, but we got, we got just kind of sterilized. We just became neutralized. We became just kind of comfortable to fit in. Can't we all get along, the bumper sticker said. And you can't. If you try to get along with 
everybody, you'll get along with nobody, and you'll still do nothing. If you try to be everything to everybody, you'll be nothing to everybody. You have to find out who God called you to be and begin to say, Lord, use me. I want your hand upon my life. Are you listening to me today? Because we know about the Spirit of God being within us. You are saved. But a lot of people don't even give any attention to the Spirit of God's hand being upon you. That means he's using you today. And I want you to begin to wake up and say, Lord, I just want, don't want to go through today trying not to sin. I want to go through today. Lord, use me today. Uh, show me an opportunity, oh God. Oh God, show me somebody I can make a difference to. Oh God, show me somebody. Show me the path. And David, let's get back to the verse. Matthew, uh, Psalms 25. Uh, show me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me to the truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all day long. Show me. It's okay to ask. This is just not, should I buy that car or not buy that car? Should I buy the house not buy the house? Should I marry that person or not marry that person? And you need to be and have the mind of God on those decisions. Those are important decisions. Many times people make those decisions and don't even ask God and later like, God, what happened? I didn't tell you to do that. I'm not saying you're looking for voices because if you can't find and follow the written word of God, You'll not follow the spoken word of God. Can I get an amen? amen? But I want to draw attention to something. God cares about the details of your life. And some of us, and it doesn't mean we're bad, some of us can have that water going from hot to lukewarm. I'm not cold. Praise God, I'm not cold. But Jesus didn't say to the church in Revelation, I'm glad you're not cold. He said, I'd rather you be cold. I Best would you be hot. But you've become lukewarm. And when we're lukewarm, we look the part. But we don't have the fruit of that part. We look like a Matthew 25, one of the ten virgins. But we have no oil. We look like a fig tree with the branches that look so green, inviting people to the figs, but we have no food. That's a dangerous place because the devil will neutralize us by convincing us it's going to be okay. You know, God understands. He understands your intent. You don't have to really serve him. You just kind of look the party. You go through the motions. And I'm telling you, we are moving in a season that that will not make it. That's not a judgment. That's an invitation. That's an invitation call to wake up and let's reevaluate. Because God cares. Because the enemy, John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. God cares about, remember last week, the details of your life. He cares about the details of of your life. And if the enemy's crept in trying to steal, listen, we have victory in the process of faith. And here, let me read a verse out of Job chapter 42. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I love that because God said, listen, when you come out of this, you're not just coming out to survive. 
You're not coming out to regain status quo. You're not trying to come out to where you were before. But when you come out of this battle, I'm talking to somebody today. When whatever battle you're in that you're fighting for, you're trying, you're standing on the word, or you're believing. When you come out of that battle, you're going to come out twice as good as you were before. If you lost something, you're going to get twice of what was taken from you. Twice. Say twice. Say twice. God cares about the details. And you need to know that if you're going through a battle, it doesn't mean you've done something necessarily wrong. But you have to stick in there, fight the good fight of faith, and have the expectation when I come out of this thing, I'm going to have, I expect, God, you're not a respecter of persons. If you do it for one, you'll do it for others. And by my faith, according to my faith, I receive. And if I believe it, I receive it. And if I, Mark 11, 23, 24, and you, you gave Job twice as much that he had before. I want to be twice, twice, two times better than I was before. You'll, you'll approach the wars of life, the battles of life, because battles come. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. Be of good cheer. How do you be of good cheer unless you know victory belongs to you? Looking under Jesus, the Bible says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured. So when you're trying to endure, set your focus on the joy and not what you're enduring. Begin to say, I'm coming out of this thing. I'm going to win this thing. My God is more than enough. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes I am healed. I am the head and not the tail. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. Are you, begin to say what the word and believe what the word says. And begin to stand your ground and say, listen, I'm going to fight a fight. But it's going to be a good fight. And that good fight is a fight of faith. And when I come out, I don't expect, don't expect to have, I kept my job. Don't expect that I, I regained my health. Don't expect that uh, my marriage is just restored. Expect twice the better of what you have lost. Walk out and say, I'm not going to keep my job. When I come out of this, I'm going to have a better job. I'm going to have more money. I'm going to have better peace. I'm going to have greater health. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he shall reap. It is a law of sowing and reaping that, it, that most people only think about money and they miss out in the context and money is included, but as a principle of God, do not, be, do not be deceived. If something has been sown out of obedience to by God, then it must be reaped. And if it's not reaped by the person who received it and has sown it, then God said, I'll reap it somewhere else. Where do I get that? From the Bible. Jesus said, I am sending you out so you can reap where you have not even labored. The reason that we struggle is we understand the process of life and we understand the duration of that process. And when God begins to speak to you what you're going to do, he, the devil begins to whisper how long that's going to take. And I'm here to tell you to look up because it is time. God is going to do a quick work and God can bring into your hands, bring into your business, bring into your marriage, bring into your children. He can restore that which the cankerworm try to destroy and eat and devour. God can bring it back and he can do it in such a way that you know it was God and God alone. And if I'm talking to you, take the next 30 seconds and give him a praise. <laughs> Say, I'm coming back better. 
You're just not coming back better because you'll have a story, and that's a good thing. You're just not coming back better because you've seen the hand of God fight for you, and that's a good story. But you're coming back better because the devil has to pay you back what he took for you. I'm coming back. Don't be discouraged by the attack. Don't even be discouraged by the lost battles. Shake yourself and say, listen, my last battle that I lost will be the last battle that I'll lose, and I'm going to set my affection and focus on things above because from above is victory. On above is conquering. From above is dominion. Are you listening? Hebrews 11, they, they conquered kingdoms by faith. And all of a sudden, I'm going to rise up and be who God created me to be. What is he doing? He's stirring the, the flames. He is, he is stirring. He is breathing on those flames. He is beginning to move upon the DNA and say, now you're beginning to see who you are. Romans 8, 29, because he wants you to come into the nature of Jesus. He wants you just not to say, oh, I'm just going to be friendly with everybody, and it's good to be friendly. Are you listening? I'm not just saying, oh, when we people talk about we need to be more like Jesus, they gravitate to being warm and fuzzy, and praise God for love. I'm, don't misunderstand me, but there's a sign of love that most people don't understand. Love is a strong force. Faith works by love. Love receives and dominates. Jesus didn't walk around and agree with everybody. Jesus didn't let them all just say, well, you know what? You're, I know you try. No, Jesus spoke up to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Bible talks about love. Love, the perfect love of God, cast out fear because fear has torment, the Bible says. Love is a strong force. It's not a warm and fuzzy that most people think. It's not a, a warm uh, Christmas Hallmark movie to get you feeling sentimental. That's not the love of God. The love of God is pure. The love of God is holy. The love of God is bright. The love of God is strong. The love of God is unmovable. Are you listening to me? And the love of God is drawing you, compelling all of us to rise up into who we are called to be, to become who God's called us. All you see through scripture, story after story as I read the Bible, is how God shows up in the lives of men and women and begins to tell them their destiny. And I've yet to see a passage where they respond back to God or respond back to an angel and say, you know what? It's about time. I knew I could do that. I've been thinking my whole time, this is something I can do that. Thank you for giving me an assignment that I can handle. Thank you for giving me an assignment that'll make me look good because I know I got this down. No, what I read is men and women of God, when the angel or God himself shows up, they begin to say, how is that possible? You don't know me well enough. You don't see who I am. You don't understand my limitations. You don't understand. Come on, Gideon. Wake up. You don't know. I'm the least of my family. And my family's not important. They are the least of all the tribes. They are least family in the tribe. I am the bottom of the barrel. Why? Because life had convinced him not to look on the DNA on the inside of his covenant, but look to the surroundings of his past. And I'm going to talk to somebody today that quit looking to what's around you. Quit looking to what religion's done to you. Quit looking to the surroundings. Begin to to look at the DNA of covenant that's on the inside. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you believe it, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is greatness on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Looking not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give him a praise one more time. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, there's greatness on the inside of you. Gideon's like, there is no way. God said, there's no way with you. But there's a big time way with me. Abram, there's no way I can have children. It's too late for me. Oh, oh, oh. let me talk to everybody who's, the devil has convinced you that if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. Some of us look at life and we're like, based on my age, it's too late for me. Some of us look at opportunities and say, based on opportunities, that's a young man's game. But I'm telling you, that God's not limited by age. He's not limited by duration. Because God is outside of this thing that we call time. Am I talking to somebody? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He created time for Adam, and when it's all said and done, he will wrap up this timeline, this linear thing we call time, and move us all into a dimension called eternity. I'm telling you that with God, it's not based on time. One day, the Bible says, is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Don't, God doesn't look and say, I don't know what I was thinking. You are kind of, you are older in the years. I don't know. You can't run that race. That's a young man's race. But God said like he did to Caleb. Caleb showed up at the fire and he said, I could take that mountain when I was 40. And it's been 40 years and I've been waiting. Just give me the opportunity. I am 80 and I'm still as strong as I was when I was 40. Give me the opportunity. I can do it because God is well able. Are you listening to me? God is well able. Caleb said, I can do it. I'm 80, but I can still fight like I'm 40. Let me tell you, if the devil's telling you it's too late, it's behind you. I begin to tell you, don't look at that. Look up. Look up. Look up. Because your king, it's, he is the one who created you. He's the one that gave you the assignment. And it's he that makes the demand when you step into it. Say, now's the time. Come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know why I even do notes because none of it works. Job 42. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, he gave him twice the amount. Don't look at battles like, oh, what am I going to lose? What am I going to try to keep? What am I going to regain from everything I've lost? Begin to say, uh-uh, devil. You've come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that I might have life and life more abundantly. Stepping in that increase of every area in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what the devil has whispered in your ear to try to tell you. Don't try. Don't look up. Don't trust God. But if you begin to say, God, I'm going to open up my heart and trust you. Job did something that's so amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting blessed myself. I'm just going to sit here. Scoot over, let me sit there. Melissa, my... <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter the, the problems you have. Doesn't matter how long you've been in a pit. Doesn't matter how long you've been in a sin. He said to the prostitute caught in the act, I judge you. Where's your con condemners? They're gone. I don't condemn you. Now quit sinning and go on and live. He brought her back to the place of freedom. Let me talk to a few seconds to the people who have been imprisoned by sin. 
And the devils will tell you, God will never use you. There's nothing. You better just be glad you can survive. You better just hang on for, to keep breathing. You better just hope you don't lose everything. That's the best you can get. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is bigger than that. Let me tell you that he can not only forgive you, he is well able to deliver you. He is well able to deliver you. He is well able to deliver you. Are you listening to me? Well, I don't know anybody's been delivered. That you could be the first, but he is well able to deliver you. The scripture that comes to mind, whom the Son has set free. Oh, you guys know the Bible. I love it. We encourage you to challenge everything that's said by me or anybody. You challenge it. You get in the word. Know it for yourself. Whom the Son has set free is what? And the word indeed there literally means to have crushed the trap that was used against you so as to never be used by the enemy against you again. So when, the de- when, when Jesus does it and the devil says, I'm going to get you back, laugh and say, uh-uh, I'm already got someone living in me. You can try to walk by, but you're going to find I'm not empty. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Word of God. I'm free, and you can't use it against me. Oh, I'll get you. Oh, listen, when the devil's talking to you, laugh, because he works in darkness, which means he doesn't want to show his hand. And the moment he begins to show his hand, it's because he doesn't have a hand to show. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Jesus said he's a liar our father of all lies and in him is no truth begin to shout and say i'm coming out of this and i'm not going back i'm never going to be addicted to that i'm never going to be struggling with that you don't have to be an alcoholic trying to become straight but with you don't have to be addicted to porn your whole life you don't have to be addicted to drugs your whole life whom the son has set free is free indeed come out of the fiery pit it's time to walk it's time to praise him it's time to stop smelling like fire and smoke when they came out there wasn't even a smell of smoke on them am i talking to somebody it's time you don't have to walk around with the limp anymore you are healed you are saved you are set free you are delivered receive in the name of jesus hallelujah who the son is set free give him a praise give him a praise Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going somewhere today, church. Hallelujah, you're going somewhere today. I know I'm talking to the right people today. I know there's people just not hearing, but activating their faith with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come here. Come here. Come here. Take two steps. Come here. Take two steps. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me both your hands. Give me both your hands. Put them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I take a deep breath, relax. Finished, finalized, and behind you. Never return. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Now lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift. In the name of Jesus. Done. In Jesus' name. Come on, give her. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is doing something. God is doing something. Now, we talked a few weeks ago that when the journey of God, there's a path of God. And in the path of God, we have to learn to say, oh, be open. God, show me the fastest path. It's his path. But if we do it our way, we tend to slow things down. We add weight to our own journey. That's why the Bible says to, to, to strip off the weights of sins that so easily beset us and run the race. Run the race. Run the race. Run the race that is set before you. Something, what's on your heart? What do you need? Just too much what? She said, it's just too much work. Oh. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I speak over you. Brother Ted gave me this word about a year ago. I'm going to speak it to your life. I speak over you the spirit of ease right now. We curse and bind that. There it is, right there. There. Do you sense it? In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. No big deal for Jesus. Say, no big deal. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. Baby, you need that. So I wish he prayed. Maybe you need that too. Well, by faith, reach in and grab it. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, I speak silence of the voice of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Free. Free. In the name, in the name of Jesus, I said, now, free. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, no, 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 completely. I break everything off her. Everything off her. Everything. We're not here for a program and schedule. Everything. I set her free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Never before. Never again. In Jesus' name. Free. Free. In the name of, Je in the name of Jesus. Free. Fire of the Holy Spirit in our covenant. Yeah, ha, ha. Fire of the Holy Spirit coming here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Heal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Nothing is impossible. I don't know if she's here yet or here today. Uh, I was talking to a dear member who came down last Sunday to give her testimony. And the Sunday before, wave your hand. Oh, come here. I have lights in my eyes, so you have to excuse me. Come here. Come here. 
Hallelujah. You can be seated if you want. Tell everybody your story and who you are. Hi, everyone. I, um, I am Katrina. Um, I have a testimony to tell you what God has done for me. Um, last week, I didn't know which way to even turn. So much was happening to me. So last Sunday when Pastor prayed for me and gave me that message, that Sunday I went home and about 1 o'clock I was driving home and I received a call. My dad had passed away. Um, I didn't know which way to which way to go. My dad had just passed away. Um, I was just going through so much. And then I received a call from my doctor, and my doctor said, we see two spots on your right breast. And I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? What is going on? What else could go on? So I went to work. And that Monday morning, and I tell kids all the time, while your parents are alive, obey them. Because you never know. When your parents leave, you have no one else. But that Monday morning, I went to work. And I'm not even going to talk about it. But the worst thing happened to me. I got a, an emergency text. And it said, call me. My son had done something so tra tragic. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm too embarrassed. But I said, what else could, what, what else could go on? My dad passed away. I got to deal with this procedure Monday morning. And my son has done something so tragedy. So I prayed in the closet. I prayed in the closet because the closet is my best friend. When you don't have no one else, you have a room in your home to go to to pray. So I went to the closet. That Monday morning, my sister called me. My sister texted me. And she said, Trina, I'm praying for you. And all I could remember was that, that morning receiving a text at 6.30 in the morning saying, I'm with you. Although I'm out of town, I'm with you. I got ready for my procedure. Went to the hospital. I was so frustrated. Uh, my mind, things had just left my mind. I didn't know which way to go. I parked in the wrong area. So I parked on the south side of the hospital. I had to be on the north side of the hospital. So I got out of my car. I walked that morning. The day of my procedure, I walked from the south side of the hospital to the north side. I walked four miles until I made it. I didn't care how long I was late. I didn't care. As I began my journey, two songs came to my mind, Pastor. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. My other song while I'm walking on my journey that morning was when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me. I just dance, dance, dance all night. 
I began walking. I saw a homeless man. I said, here, here's the blessing. Take, take the money that I have. You can have it. But I kept right on walking. As I went into the doctor's office, I was already late, but I didn't care. I went in there and I said, I'm here for my procedure. And the lady said, no worries. But the first thing that came to my mind was the God that I serve is a divine healer. The God that I deserve is the mighty of all men. The God that I serve is a way maker. So as they began to do my procedure, I felt the needle going in. But all I could think about was the goodness of God and what he has brought me, brought me out of all of the trials and tribulations that I had faced that whole week. You just don't know. So I sat there. This is after. Yep. So all I can remember was what this man had done for me that Sunday because I was ready for my procedure that Monday morning. I knew that I was healed. I knew that I was healed because this man and God prayed for me this for everything. So as they began to do the procedure, all I could think about was I was healed. I had no worries, no worries. So the lady said after, after the procedure, she said, we'll call you Friday. We'll call you Friday with the results. But I knew already that I was healed. I knew already that I was healed. So Friday came, they called me and they said, guess what? And I said, what? Now I'm at work with 27 students. And I said, okay, tell me what is my results? Because I knew I was already healed. I knew God was a divine healer and he had healed me already. So when they told me my results, they said, there are no spots. There are no spots. So I began jumping up and down with 27 students. And one of my students said, Miss Katrina, you know what? I prayed for you. I have five-year-old kids in my classroom, and they all prayed for me. So you can't tell me what God can't do. You can't tell me what God can bless you with. I, my dad passed away, but I'm still here standing. I might have had cancer, but God healed me. He healed me. And I have no worries. No worries at all. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. So he's still healing today. What a cool story. Came down, got prayed for, went to the test. They said, there's nothing there. That's a good story. Hallelujah. 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 Say, God is good. Now, I've I done this before, but I don't do it unless I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. So put your hand on if there's a sickness or pain in your body right where you're at. You don't... 
You don't have to have somebody pray for you. We've had people had major miracles because Jesus spoke the word and they were healed. Some he touched, some he spoke, different methods. We don't get caught. So if there's pain or sickness in your body, whatever it might be, Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever they're touched, we curse and bind the, the strategy. We curse and bind that spirit of infirmity. We break your hold. We break your hold. We break your hold. We break your grip against them and we call them to be healed. Healed. It, by the power of the name of Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. Now give him a shout. Hallelujah. Now notice this. Notice this. We're, we're, we're going to wrap this up. Job 42. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. Say two times. And that was before, I mean, that was before even the Old Covenant. That was for, Job was the oldest book in the Bible. Two times. The nature of your God is that he's a giver, not a stealer. He's a multiplier, not a divider. Religion will tell us that the nature of God is to put stuff on you, to take stuff away from you, to make your life miserable. I'm telling you, that's not in the Bible. Jesus said, there's none good but one, and that's God. He is so good. If you want to know the, the nature of God, don't look to some unusual writing. Look to the, if you want to know the heart of the Father, look to the Son. Jesus is the expressed Hebrew says, image of the Father. You can't find a place where Jesus walked around and laid his hands on people and made them sick or killed them or gave them diseases. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Jesus didn't come to people and take from them. Jesus came to people and he invested in them. He, depart, he imparted into their life. He made their life better. Can I get an amen? But Job, without the Bible that we understand it, being the oldest book, he didn't, even have, he didn't even have the five books of Moses. He didn't have the Old Testament. He didn't have any of that. He did something that we can learn that will help turn around. And you can even hear it in her story. Job, the Bible says, when he began to pray for his friends, God turned. The strategy of the devil is in your battle to get you only to focus on you and nobody else. Have you ever heard somebody, uh, you know, I can't help them. I got my own problems to take care of, then I'll help them. I can't pray for them. I got my own prayers I need for myself. I need somebody praying for me, Pastor. Get somebody pray for me, then I'll pray. And the, the key, the secret in the battles is not to get so zeroed in on you that you only think about you, but to begin to look up. Say, look up. Stay with me. Say, look up. Shout, look up. Jesus told the disciples, look up for the harvest, the opportunities, the divine daily directions are available. And when Job began to pray for others and not just for himself, things begin to change. Get your eyes off just your stuff. My stuff's important. I know everybody's stuff is important to them. I get it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when you get your eyes and say, Lord, use me. You said, you might be struggling with depression. Then wake up and say, Lord, use me to encourage somebody. Use me to pray for somebody. Just show me. What are you doing? You're saying, I'm getting my eyes off me and I'm look, looking to you, God, because I know you got this and because I believe you got this, I'm going to begin to move beyond the problem and look to the reward of what you want me to do. Just don't pray for people when you got your act together. If you wait before you do anything, if you wait till you get everything right in your world, the devil will make sure nothing is ever right. He'll always make sure you're dealing with a storm. You have to be willing to say, I'm not moved by what I feel, hear, or see. I'm moved by the word of God. I'm coming to church when I'm supposed to. I'm going to pray for people God leads me to. I'm going to help people even... Say, look up. Say, look up. 
Galatians 6, let me read this verse to you. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Verse 2 is the emphasis. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I will present to you real quickly in a summary thought that I believe that this verse has been misquoted in many churches. Two reasons. By two or three, let everything be established. Two reasons. Number one, many times we hear the idea of we need to bear one another's burdens. And the illusion or the perception is if someone's carrying a, a heavy bag of rocks, you take some and you carry them for them. I'm going to bear, help you bear that. I'm going to help hold you up. And it might sound good, but that's not what is being asked of you. God didn't ask you to bear other people's burdens. Jesus is the one who's done that. Right? Right? So he's the finished work on Calvary. What is happening here? What is actually being said here? The original word, stick with me, the original word is bastazo, and it literally means in Vine's expository, to lift off, to remove, to lift off. Say lift off. I'm going to go with that because it works with look up. Say look up. That means you got to be ready for God to use you any day. Just don't focus on you. Why me? Why me? Poor me? Poor me? Hear me? Hear me? I see me? I see me? Nobody else but me. You can say, I'm going to begin to look up. Why? Because God wants you to do something to lift off. Can you imagine having the ability, not because you feel it emotionally, not because you had all the training and all the education, just because you're simply available and you believe God's word that if he said it, he meant it. And you, got, you say, God, I'm available for you to use me if you want. And God creates the opportunities and you don't go in and the devil says, you, don't, you didn't pray yesterday. It's not going to happen. Listen, it, praise God for prayer. And that's important, but we can't get looking to that for what we're doing in this. Because in this, it's you obeying God because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because you've done something to earn the right to heal somebody or to pray for somebody or to help somebody. You don't ever get qualified to do that. It's about being available. God, it's all about you and not about me. And if you open the door, like the stories we've already told over the past few weeks, and being available to pray for people, encourage people, speak into people's life with a mindset, the idea that what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a deposit. Just like the, the brother Ted's mom who deposited into her sons who then turned and began to deposit into their children and other people who begin to turn around and deposit. When you make a, a deposit into somebody, it stays with them and impacts them, and it begins to impact other people. So many people want everything solved now, and when they get it now, they forget about it tomorrow. But when you make a spiritual deposit in somebody, it sticks with them. There's a whole nother level, and I can't, we don't have time for that teaching. But an impartation is greater than just information. And so lift off. Say lift off. That means to remove the burden. Well, it could also mean just kind of come alongside and encourage. Oh, you think so? Well, let's look at the verse. Lift off, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill, talk to me, church, fulfill the law of Christ. What is Christ? Oh, that's the last name of Jesus. No, it's not. That's a position. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. That means the Messiah. Or you could say it this way, the anointed one and his anointing. You say, what's that got to mean? Well, that doesn't mean much unless you understand the power of the anointing. 
and you understand that the anointing, the Bible says, is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. It's not the power of God when you feel it emotionally. It's not the power of God when you got a great musicians behind you playing. It's not the power of God on Sunday morning. It's the power of God any day of the week. When God creates the opportunity, he says, now, lift off. The devil says, you don't feel it. You're not moved by what you feel here. See, you're looking to the direction of divine destiny of God's created. He's created because of the creator. Going back to our beginning. It's like one big circle. The creator shows up to make a demand in the moment. Because he's placed. The re only reason the creator makes a demand is because he already knows what he's made in the deposit. God. He already knows the DNA of you. And he'll ask you to do. And when he asks you to do something, it's not because you can do it on your own ability or you can't do it. It's all about him. He knows that what will happen if you obey. And he says, listen, I want you, when you see a person who's burned down heavy, I want you to go and lift off and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. Say the law of Christ. Come on, say the law of Christ. The law of the anointing. So fulfill the law of the anointing. What is the law of anointing? It's the law that says when the anointing's there, the burn's removed. The yoke is destroyed. It's the presence of God, the ability of God. Not measured by your emotions. So many people are like, I don't feel anything, must not be God. You might not feel, I, I've had times I prayed for people and I didn't feel anything. And then later they came back, the devil whispered in my ear, see nothing happened. And I just say, well, it's not, not my responsibility, that's up to God. I just do what he tells me to do. And they call me later and say, you know what, the moment you prayed, I felt God's power hit my body and every pain left my body. Sometimes it's more surprising to us than them. The law. So say, look up. Yeah. Lift, off. Lift off. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit is, is pulling us, calling us. Not to be so easily distracted. Be held back. Redirected. But to say, Lord, we are in the last days. Speak to my heart. Show me what to do. By his ability, not your ability. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a Biggest praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking, is in the way you process, in the way you experience, in the way you understand, is Jesus Christ real to you today in a way that you know for yourself that he is, one, real, and two, your Lord and Savior? I'm not into religion. I'm into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. It's one of the greatest miracles salvation is. Romans 10 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Revelation 3, Jesus said, if I, I stand at the door and I knock, if you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. So if you, if you have maybe never heard the gospel, that God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he sent his only begotten son. He sent him to die on the cross for your sins. He was sinless and became sin on the cross so that we could be free from sin and go to heaven and know him and have everything that belongs and rightfully his. Or maybe you have heard the gospel and you prayed a prayer and you, for whatever reason, you've allowed stuff to come between you and your heart. You know God's not 
number one in your life anymore. But today you want to make things right. If either one of those are your, at the count of three, I want you to pray this prayer. Let it come from your heart. Say with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving around at this moment. Say with me. Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me. See, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart, the the door of my life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen.